You're listening to sermon audio from Piperton Baptist Church in Piperton, Tennessee. For more information on how you can get connected with PBC, please visit www.pipertonbaptist.com. Hey, church, I'm going to tell you something. I'm not just a rebel because I'm an old Miss fan. I'm, I'm a rebel. And I'll tell you what, this song where it says his goodness is running after me, you, you folks out there that are running from God, good luck with that because you can't outrun the goodness of God. And my parents were an example of God's goodness in their patience with me. I've stood toe-to-toe with my dad and, and felt like he should have cleaned my clock many times, but he didn't. He had patience of, of the Lord. And I finally, I finally broke. I broke under the goodness of God. I didn't break under the wrath of God and the laws of God. I broke under his goodness. I said, I'm done. I'm done running. I can't outrun the love of God. And you can't either, friend. And I pray that you know that today before we say anything else. Turn with me to 2 Samuel chapter 13, verse 21 is where we're going to start. We're going to be through several chapters today. More than 20 years ago, I was serving at a church, not this one, and I had a close, close friend there. And this, was, this guy hung out at our house all the time. He was maybe just a couple of years older than me and Vicki. And... Um, I mean, we fed him. He was, I was a youth pastor and he chaperoned a lot of the youth trips and he was just involved in so many ways in the church life. He was a good, good friend. I, we even, Vicki and I even set him up with one of our uh, childhood friends so with a, a girl I grew up with at church uh, and they were dating. And, but suddenly overnight, this guy just ghosted us before ghosting was a word, you know? I mean, he just cut us off and I didn't know why. I, you know, I talked to the Lord about it, like what, did I sin against him in any way? And I had nothing. Well, that led to me setting up a formal meeting with him at the church. I thought I'll just at least talk to him and be like, okay, dude, what's up, you know? And uh, so we, the, t- the day came for me to meet him, but I wouldn't go. I was sitting in my house and I was so distraught. I know this sounds weird, but I was so brokenhearted over the whole thing that I was like, I ain't going, God, unless you can convince me that I'm going to walk in that room and be genuine. I mean, I'm, you know, you, you can go into a conflict and desire to come across sincerely, but not, your heart may be right, but it may come out wrong. Y'all know. You can go to make up. Y'all have been married long enough to know. You can go in the room to say you're sorry and you're fighting again in about two seconds, all right? And so I didn't want that to happen. And so I, I, I said, Lord, and I, I literally laid across our bed in our, in our little parsonage that we were living in. And I said, Lord, I was weeping before him. And, and finally God said, I'm, trust me, I'm going to do it. You're, you're going to be, I'm going to let him know your heart. So I walk into the room and uh, we begin talking. And man, I just like a little, I felt embarrassed, you know, how emotional I got over it. You know, I, I was weeping. I was, you know, I was like, I'm sorry, you know, sorry if I did anything, I, you know, and, uh, and cold as ice. I mean, a stone wall. And, and that's how I left the meeting. He's just, he's didn't receive a thing. Just a barrier was there. Well, I, I went home happy because I feel like God answered my prayer. And dude, I'm telling you, this guy, I saw him 10 years later, ran into him in a Walmart parking lot, still cold as ice. Now, 
It turns out that uh, I believe you can trace the issue back to uh, when I invited a couple of black kids to church. And I, I didn't know if they'd come, but they came. One of them actually trusted Christ. And because they came, it actually exposed racism in a couple of guys in the church. The whole church wasn't that way, but there were a couple of guys that were like pretty radical guys. And um, and actually the men who, whose racism was exposed, they repented before the church. So it brought about revival. They even changed our constitution bylaws to say we, you know, and it was a really great thing in the church. Uh, but this friend, I think, I think maybe that that was the issue with him. He thought I was trying to, I didn't even know what integration was and I wasn't trying to do that. I was just trying to invite everybody to church. Well, and I know some of you are thinking right now, well, what a scrub friend anyway, kick him to the curb, you know, good, good riddance, you know, but y'all know good and well, that's not how true friendship is. If you love someone as a friend, it's an unconditional love. I don't care what you do. You know, I don't care how you act. Even as your most sinful state, you're still my friend. And, uh, and it, so it still hurts. But here's what I'm getting at. Out of all the harsh, and I, I mean, I think, of, you know, it, it, it stuck with me. I was a young man. I hadn't experienced that kind of like weird shutdown friendship ever. And, um, but he never defamed me. He never spoke ill against my name. He never tried to divide the church. The church went on and grew uh, because they were obedient to the Lord. But God blessed uh, me and he didn't curse me or my name or tell lies about my family. I mean, can you imagine if you were not only betrayed and abandoned by a friend, but then that friend went behind the scenes and actively worked to bring you down, to tear down your name. That's exactly what happened to David in this story that we're reading today. I know you've heard of this guy. He's a deep fake friend named Ahithophel. Raise your hand if you've never heard of Ahithophel before you walked in today. Raise your hand if you're a liar. No, I'm just kidding. So, so I want you to say this with me, Ahithophel. Ahithophel. It just rolls off the tongue, I know. I want you to know this name. Scholars actually call Ahithophel David's Judas because he betrayed him and, uh, and he goes out and hangs himself afterwards. We'll see that in just a minute. But I want us to see what led up to his betrayal of David and glean some truth from, it, from this story today. This is amazing to me. And this is going to carry us through a lot of passages uh, starting in 2 Samuel 13, 21. But before we read that, I want to show you a picture of a timeline of David's life. All right, I don't know if that's big enough for some of you to see, uh, but ab about 3,000 years ago, uh, David was the youngest of Jesse's sons. You know, Jesse had a lot of kids. There was Bo and Luke, Duke and Daisy. They lived <laughs> together at Uncle Jesse's in Hazard County. I'm just kidding. For you young kids, that was from another ancient bloodline traced all the way back to 1979. <laughs> All right, so uh, then Samuel anoints David as king in, in 1 King uh, Samuel verse 16. David kills Goliath in chapter 17. Then he plays music for King Saul, who's quite the Renaissance man, a, a master of many traits, trades. And then finally, when he's 30, he takes the throne in 2 Samuel chapter 2. Then God gives David the promise of his plans to build the temple through his son Solomon. That's in 2 Samuel 7. 
then lots and lots of victories and favor follow after David until he gets sideways, literally, with Bathsheba. And um, she gets pregnant. He kills her husband, has another son, Solomon. And though, just to be clear, it was wicked for him to be a polygamist. All right. Every polygamist in the Old Testament was sinning against God. Uh, it was a little different than the way we see it today, but it was still sin. Um, but he had other wives. Okay, and I want you to pay attention to these two kids of his. Abnon was his son by one wife. Absalom and Tamar were his son and daughter by another woman. All right. Well, Abnon ends up raping his half-sister, Tamar. Okay, this is in Scripture. And here's where we pick up 2 Samuel 13, 21. When King David heard of these things, he was very angry. But Absalom spoke to Abnon, neither good nor bad. But Absalom hated Abnon because he violated his sister. He's keeping a low profile. He wasn't playing his cards yet because he's about to kill him, which is what he did. Absalom retaliates and has Abnon killed for raping his full sister. Absalom, Tamar was Absalom's full sister. And in 2 Samuel 13, verse 37, it says, But Absalom fled and went to Talmai, the son of Amihud, king of Geshur, and David mourned for his son day after day. Now, Talmai was Absalom's mother's father. This was Absalom's grandfather, David's father-in-law. All right, so that's where Absalom flees to. Then Absalom comes home, and what does he do? He, he, he tricks David into making up with him. Being, we're all buddy-buddy again. And then right after that, he stages a coup. Absalom, son of David, wants to take over his father's throne. So we pick up in 2 Samuel 15, verse 10. But Absalom sent secret messengers throughout all the tribes of Israel, saying, As soon as you hear the sound of the trumpet, then say, Absalom is king of Hebron. Uh, with Absalom went 200 men from Jerusalem who were invited guests, and they went in their innocence and knew nothing. And while Absalom was offering the sacrifices, he sent for Ahithophel, the Gilonite, David's counselor from his city Gilo and the conspiracy grew strong and the people with Absalom kept increasing. Verse 30. But David went up the ascent of the Mount of Olives weeping as he went, barefoot and with his head covered because he's mourning the death of Abnon. He, he should have handled that whole rape situation differently, obviously, but he's still mourning the loss of a son nonetheless. And all the people who were with him covered their heads and they went up weeping as they went. Verse 31. And it was told David, here it is, Hammer drop. Ahithophel is among the conspirators with Absalom. And David said, oh, Lord, please turn the counsel of Ahithophel into foolishness, which he's going to. And he's going to do it through this good, trusted friend in verse 32. When David was coming to the summit where God was worshipped, behold, Hushai, remember his name, Hushai, the archite, came to meet him with his coat torn and dirt on his head. So he is mourning with his friend. Real friends weep with you. Right? Real friends encourage you. Real friends are whatever emotions, emotional state you're in, they're right there with you. Right? That's a good friend, and he's with him. David said to him, if you go with me, uh, you'll be a burden to me. So he's saying, hey, I know you want to be in my camp. I know you're like, hey, I don't care if uh, Absalom's going to take over the kingdom. You're my bud, and I'm sticking with you. But David says, no, you can't. If you return, verse 34, if you return to the city and say to Absalom, I'll be your servant, O king, as I've been your father's servant in times past, I'll be your servant now, then you will defeat for me the counsel of Ahithophel. So let's just review. David's son Absalom is trying to usurp the throne, 
of David. I don't have time to read of all the deceptive ways he did that. He would stand in the gate and be like, oh, what are you coming for? They were on their way to talk to David and he, was, he, would, he would get in the way and be like, what you need? I'll take care of it for you. And so he won the favor of people that way, uh, deceptively. But anyway, there's all kinds of other things. But one of the deceptive power plays was to recruit David's deep fake friend, Ahithophel, his bestie, his counselor, he, a guy who would have known everything about David, how he thinks, how he strategizes for war, etc., etc. So David counterattacks by sending his true friend, Hushai, who acts as a covert operative in the camp of Absalom to overthrow, hopefully, the council of Ahithophel. Y'all tracking? All right, I know the names are hard, but you get the gist. Second Samuel 16, 15. Now Absalom and all the people, the men of Israel, came to Jerusalem, and Ahithophel with him. And when Hushai, the archite, David's friend, came to Absalom, Hushai said to Absalom, long live the king. And so he waxes eloquent down through verse 20. Then Absalom said to Ahithophel, give your counsel. What shall we do? So here's a Hushai. Here's Ahithophel. We're going to hear Ahithophel first. What do you want us? What's a good strategy for war here? Ahithophel said to Absalom in verse 21, 2 Samuel 16, 21. Ahithophel said to Absalom, go into your father's concubines, whom he has left to keep the house, and all Israel will hear that you have made yourself a stench to your father, and the hands of all who are with you will be strengthened. So they pitched a tent for Absalom on the roof, and Absalom went into his father's concubines in the sight of all Israel. And it's bad enough to have concubines, but then to have them like raped by uh, your son is, is just a stench to David and to Absalom, honestly. Now in those days, here it is, verse 23, the counsel that Ahithophel gave was as if one consulted the word of God. So was all the counsel of Ahithophel esteemed both by David and by Absalom, which by the way, that they're already off base. You shouldn't esteem anybody's words like the Word of God. There's only think, one thing that's like the Word of God, and that is the Word of God, right? You can take my words with a grain of salt, but when I'm reading God's words, you take them full throttle, all right? Um, so then in 2 Samuel 17, 4, Ahithophel tells Absalom, let me choose 12,000 men and I'll uh, arise and, and pursue David tonight, verse 4. And the advice seemed right in the eyes of Absalom and all the elders of Israel. Then Absalom said, call Hushai the archite also and let us hear what he has to say. And then Hushai gives this elaborate speech that talks them, <laughs> that, that, God put, that God used to overthrow Ahithophel's advice. Here it is in 2 Samuel 17, 14. And Absalom and all the men of Israel said, the counsel of Hushai the archite is better than the counsel of Ahithophel. For the Lord had ordained to defeat the good counsel of Ahithophel so that the Lord might bring harm upon Absalom. God is coming for Absalom. He, he's got his eyes focused on judgment of Absalom and ain't nothing going to stop him. Verse 21, 2 Samuel 17, 21, they said to David, arise and go quickly over the water for thus and so Ahithophel counseled against you. Then David arose and all the people who were with him and they crossed the Jordan. By daybreak, not one was left who had not crossed the Jordan. When Ahithophel saw that his counsel was not followed, he saddled his donkey, went off home to his own city. He set his house in order and hanged himself and he died and was buried in the tomb of his father. May God bless the reading of his word. I want to ask Jennifer Mannon to come and ask God's blessings on the message today. Thanks, Jen. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness in our lives. I pray for 
anyone here today that doesn't know you, that they will see your love and see your um, invitation for salvation, Lord. And to, like, like Went said, not run from you. Um, thank you that you pursue each one of us. And I pray for um, those that are traveling this week for uh, Thanksgiving, that um, you'll give us traveling mercies and um, let us be a witness and light to our friends and family that we see and come in contact with. And I lift up Went today, uh, right now, that you'll be with him as he gives us the message that you've put on his heart and give us uh, open eyes and open heart to take that in and apply it to our life. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you, Jeff. All right. Well, uh, a friend may stick closer than a brother, but when they abandon you, and attack you, it still hurts. Which leads to our first point this morning, that a good, is, is a good friend betrayed. That's what Ahithophel did. Ahithophel, number one, was David's steady friend in life. Scholars believe that there are two Psalms that allude to this broken friendship. One's in Psalm 41, one's in Psalm 55. In Psalm 41, verse nine, it says, David says, even my close friend in whom I trusted who ate my bread has lifted his heel against me. Then over in Psalm 55 verse 12, he says, for it is not an enemy who taunts me, then I could bear it. It's not an adversary who deals insolently with me, then I could hide from him. But it is you, a man, my equal, my companion, my familiar friend. All right. I believe Ahithophel was in David's inner circle. We all have friends, but then we've got those friends you can fall asleep in front of. Right. That's my good friend, Gage. If I can fall asleep in front of you and count on you not doing something stupid to me. Right. While I'm sleeping, then I then you're a good friend. You know, these are friends that you'll have tough conversations with and they'll still love you afterwards. <laughs> you know, friends you can turn to in need. And I think Ahithophel was David's steady friend. Second, Ahithophel was his spiritual brother in worship. Uh, Psalm 55 verse 14 says, within God's house, we walked in the throng in the, amongst the people, right? There's something sacred about fellowship with believers. What we're doing now, there's something sacred about it. There's something holy and good, all right? It just seems uh, to have a higher expectation. We even say things like, well, I would expect that from an unbeliever, or I wouldn't expect that from someone so dedicated to the Lord as them, right? We, we think like that. I, I mean, that's not crazy to fathom. And, and that's, these are not people that we expect to turn on us. The late uh, pastor Charles Spurgeon said of, of the relationship between Ahithophel and David, he said they had mingled their worship and communed on heavenly themes. If ever any bonds ought to be inviolable, never to be broken, religious connections should be. There is a measure of impiety of a detestable sort and the deceit which debases the union of men who make professions of godliness. Shall the very altar of God be defiled with hypocrisy? Shall the gatherings of the temple be polluted by the presence of treachery? All this was true of Ahithophel. Steady friend in life, spiritual brother in worship, and lastly, Ahithophel, was David's staunch follower in leadership. Psalm 55, verse 13. You, a man, my equal. He's saying, 
My counsel is as good as your counsel, as if you are the king. My companion, my familiar friend, we used to take sweet counsel together. I think of uh, David, uh, Hunter and I and our, our staff, you know, and Josh sitting and talking about the things uh, that we feel like God's leading our church to do and taking counsel. What do you think about this? I think about calling my father-in-law or other older pastors and getting advice on certain things. Sweet counsel. I believe Ahithophel was in David's camp. He was on his team. He was advisor, his follower. But let me tell you something. He flipped faster than a toupee in a, in a storm. Right? He, 2 Samuel 15, 12 says, with, while Absalom was offering the sacrifices, he sent for Ahithophel, uh, the Gilonite, David's counselor from his city Gilo. And the conspiracy grew, you know, strong. Now, it's interesting. Uh, Absalom gets these 200 men. They don't know what they're going in to do. They think they're just... They think that Absalom's probably made up with his dad, and so they're just going to follow him in, right? But it, Absalom's making it look like he has more friends than he really has, right? We didn't, they didn't need social media to fake it back then, right? He just, he tricked them, and uh, they come rolling into town. But it seems like Ahithophel was ready to switch camp anyway. It says he sent for him, you know, as if he was expecting him to send for him, right? But he's a conspiracy, a steady friend in life, a spiritual brother in worship, and a staunch follower in leadership. Flip faster than a politician's promise. <laughs> good friend betrayed. Secondly, good counsel betrayed. Ahithophel gave David good counsel. This is interesting. Ahithophel wasn't David's counselor for no reason. All right? Uh, the Bible says he's, he... You know, I believe that he had to have given such good counsel and have been tested and tried. I don't know if him and David hung out together as kids and then he would give him good counsel that he had heeded and it, it worked. And then finally, they put him in that position of among the main counselors of the kingdom. I don't know how it how he rose to that position, but it had to have been through tried and trusted Advice that was heeded and tested and, and showed true. It says the counsel that Ahithophel gave, 2 Samuel 16, 23, was as if one consulted the word of God, right? He was a wise, trusted friend. He, he seems to have had false motives under the surface, but that didn't negate the skills of his trade, all right? He gave good counsel. He also gave Absalom good counsel. This is what's crazy. Did you know if, if, if they had heeded uh, Hithophel's advice, they would have killed David probably. But God wouldn't have let that happen. His counsel in 2 Samuel 16, 21 was wicked, you know, sexual defilement of David's concubines. But uh, by the way, more sexual, you know, if he was, if Ahithophel was a truly righteous man and he's mad at David because of all of David's polygamy, and he's angry with him and disrespects him because of the sin that's abundant in his life, then he wouldn't have gone and himself committed those same sexual sins, right? Um, so, and on a side note, there is forgiveness for sexual sins. Y'all need to understand that. Don't let guilt from past defeats prompt future failures. And that's what Satan loves to do. Kick you while you're down. But Ahithophel's advice continues in 2 Samuel 17, 1. Moreover, Ahithophel said to Absalom, let me choose 12,000 men and I will arise and pursue David tonight. I'll come upon him while he's weary and discouraged. See, he knew. He knew how David's emotions could flip and be discouraged. And we'll throw him into a panic and all the people who are with him will flee 
I'll strike down only the king and I'll bring all the people back to you as a bride comes home to her husband. You seek the life of only one man and all the people will be at peace. And the advice seemed right in the eyes of Absalom and all the elders of Israel. Right? You know why the advice seemed right? Because it was good advice. It was tactical. It was wise. It was crafty counsel. It would have probably succeeded had it not been for his true friend, Hushai, David's buddy. Hushai gave Ahithophel bad counsel. Second Samuel 15, 31, it was told David Ahithophel's among the conspirators, and David said, you know, uh, oh, Lord, please turn the counsel of Ahithophel into foolishness. Little did David know his own best friend was going to be the one that did it, which is encouraging. Isn't it encouraging to be the friend that, that truly helps in time of need? And uh, it says Hushai the archite, when, while David was coming to the summit where David had worshipped, Hushai came and told him, right? Uh, and so he went in as a spy. And church, listen, true friends shine the brightest under adversity. And I hope you have a friend like that. A friend, when the going gets tough, they lean in. They don't lean away. You know, uh, I was uh, fishing this weekend with my dad and I got stuck. And uh, I called some guys from the church and old Steve Odom came and, and pulled me out. I had back my truck where I put my boat in, was stuck. And, uh, and he pulled me out. In, in, in messy weather and you know there's fair weather friends and then there's true friends right and so if you're successful and without need and maybe uh, invest a little more than they do in your relationship uh, they're with you right they got your back but the moment you hit a slump lose a job go through a divorce an addiction uh, maybe you just in a spiritual valley you don't want anything to do with God and they just kick you to the curb they're, they're out see ya uh, they stop responding to text they got enough problems of their own they don't need to deal with yours that's Ahithophel versus Hushai <laughs> what a picture of uh, a bad friend and a good friend did you know that Ahithophel means brother of folly and Hushai means quick or hastening which is exactly what they did in this story uh, you know, Ahithophel runs after folly. Absalom is the, um, the epitome of folly. And Hushai rushes to David's aid. Um, Ahithophel thought, you know, King's, King David's ship was sinking and he was going to take the first life raft out of there. Uh, but Hushai put his life on the line and went in and... Uh, went in full throttle on his friendship with David. If you jump over to 1 Chronicles, you don't have to do it, I'll read it for you. 1 Chronicles 27, 32 lists all the counselors of David that he had in his lifetime. And I won't read them all, but it gets to in verse 33, Ahithophel was the king's counselor. Now don't forget, all of these names are the king's counselors. It says these are the king's counselors and it starts the list. But listen, it says Ahithophel was the king's counselor and Hushai the archite was the king's friend. He was his counselor too. But it doesn't identify him as the counselor. There, it says he was his friend. Ahithophel was succeeded by Jehoiada, the son of Benaiah, and Abiathar. There ain't nobody succeeding Hushai because a true friend's with you to the, to the very end. And I have friends that I have stood in the room with them when their father died and took his last breath. And I've got friends that will call me in the middle of the night. And I hope you know that I'll be your friend like that if you don't have one. Don't, don't you ever he hesitate to call your pastor. My cell phone's in there, and I mean it. And don't ever call me and, and, and apologize. Say, I'm sorry to bother you. Don't tell me that. 
I'm called to do what I do and I enjoy what I do. And I'll, I'll bear your burdens with you. I've had people bear my burdens with me and I'm thankful for it, for them. And um, hmm. Be careful taking counsel though from people who aren't your friends and from people who aren't God's friends. Unless you're a wicked person with ungodly motives, then by all means, please heed bad advice. All right? <laughs> and that's exactly what Absalom did. He heard the good advice of a wicked man and the bad advice of a godly man, and God let him believe the bad advice, which leads to our third point. Good choices betrayed. It's a strange turn of events that Ahithophel gives wise counsel to David and Absalom, but God overturned it with the good advice. <laughs> good advice with the words of a good, you know, bad advice of a good friend. And I, I know God had already set about to kill Absalom, but, but Ahithophel had choices. And I want to say three things about Ahithophel to close this service. Number one, Ahithophel could have repented. He did not have to hang himself. He could have repented to God. And uh, some of you are thinking... We've been in this series on deep fakes and con artists, and you're like, hey, I got a lot of attributes of a con artist. Yes, you do, and so do all of us. But that doesn't mean you can't cry out to God. I've shared this verse with many people before. There, this is the verse in Scripture that tells you the two types of guilt that exist in the world. There's worldly guilt and godly guilt. Second Corinthians 7, verse 10. I can't read this enough to you. Second Corinthians 7, verse 10. For godly grief produces... If you've got godly grief, it's going to produce something. What's it going to produce? A repentance that leads to salvation without regret. That's a good guilt. Whereas worldly grief produces death. I'm fully convinced that a large majority of people who take their own lives have worldly guilt. And they don't know what to do with it. And they refuse to put it on Jesus. And they just bear it up under themselves. And they do the most selfish thing possible. Leave the whole situation. Ahithophel could have repented to God. If you're still breathing, you can repent. And if you've got a family member that seems like the devil spawn of Satan himself. <laughs> hey, buddy, watch out. They're probably just, they could be just on the verge of salvation. All right, secondly, Ahithophel could have repented to David. You know, it's just so... It's just so, such a stark reality to me that Ahithophel hangs out with David so much and doesn't know how freaking merciful he is? Come on! Like, that's what a fake friend is. They don't know your attributes. They don't pay attention to the, kind and the kindness that you have in your soul. They're not watching those things. They're just like leeches. You know those little sucker fish that stick to the sharks or the whales? They're just along for the ride. David, listen to this, in the middle of this, all this coup, Absalom is trying to usurp David's throne and David's fleeing Jerusalem. And in 2 Samuel 16, 5, a guy named Shammai comes out and curses David, verse 16, and he throws stones at David and at all the servants of David. And by the way, in verse 9, Abishai, the son of Zeruiah, said to the king, let me, let me, why should this dead dog curse my Lord the King? Let me go over and take his head off. And by the way, he could, because if you jump over to 1 Chronicles 11, verse 20, that same Abishai is the dude who sat and stood his ground and slew 300 men with his spear. These were David's mighty men. I mean, it would have been, it, one stroke of that spear, uh, Abishai would have been a dead, I mean, uh, Shammai would have been a dead man. 
But uh, David wouldn't let him do it. He says, no. Now fast forward. After the battle of Absalom, he's trying to take over David's throne. It doesn't happen. David usurps the throne again. And we come to 2 Samuel 19, verse 16. We see Shammai searching for King David. When he finds him, he falls down before him. And he says in verse 19, let not my Lord hold me guilty or remember how your servant did wrong on the day my Lord, the king, left Jerusalem. Do not let the king take it to heart. For your servant knows that I have sinned. Therefore, behold, I've come this day... Uh, the, the first of all the house of Joseph to come down to meet my Lord the King. Abishai the son of Zeruiah said, let me, let me kill him. And David said, no, uh, you know, I'm, I'm king over Israel. Why are you wanting to do this? Verse 23, and the king said to Shammai, you shall not die. And the king gave him his oath. Friend, Ahithophel could have done the same. And I don't know who your friend or frenemy is that, that has ought against you that you don't want to go to and apologize to because you don't think they'll forgive you. Who cares? Go to them and get it off your chest. Which, and, and Ahithophel could have done the same. He should have known the mercy of David and he should have pled his case before him instead of taking his own life. And I think it, all this leads to the third point, which is Ahithophel had no identity in Yahweh. What I think, the Bible doesn't say this explicitly, but I think Ahithophel loved the status of his council of the kingdom more than he loved his friendship with David. He, only, he killed himself, I believe, for one of two reasons. He either fear, feared David's judgments, right, his because of his abrupt betrayal, or he knew he'd, be, he'd lost his you know, national influence as the primary counselor to these big dogs, right? His identity was so tied to that position that he chose death. Friend, your identity should be found in one thing alone. Not in your wife, not in your husband, not in your spouse, not in your children. In your little stickers of children that you got posted on your SUV. They're not your God. They're not your identity. You know what your identity is? Jesus Christ. Our identity. When we're baptized, we're baptized symbolically into Christ. We're identifying with Christ. That's the, I, I, now, my identity, I'm thankful to be your pastor, and I'm thankful for the encouragement you give me. But friend, I, my identity is not in this pulpit. It's not even in my family. I have one identity, and it is Jesus. That is the identity that punches my ticket into heaven. Jesus is my ticket, but you know what I'm saying. And I believe Ahithophel didn't understand that. What he needed to do was throw himself at the mercy of his old friend and his faithful father. And friend, I'm telling you, that's what you can do right now. I don't know where you're at in your depression and your downward spiral, but you need to snap out of it and throw, throw yourself down, but not on a rope. Throw yourself down at the feet of Jesus and he will forgive you. And David would have done it, and he could have done it. Would you stand? Father God, I pray today that those that don't know you, would, this is such a crazy story, such an unknown story in Scripture, one we just don't talk about, we don't draw pictures of uh, in Sunday school, Lord. But I pray that we can glean some truths from it, not only about the differences in friendship between the attributes of Hushai and the attributes of Ahithophel, but God just for our own wickedness, that it doesn't have to end that way. 
just like Shammai. He, David represented the forgiveness of God and not running him through with the spear the first time. And he forgave him in front of everyone. And God, you're ready to do that right now to the worst of sinners in this room. And God, I, we're all in our own hearts the worst of sinners. And so we pray, God, that if there's people here today that are holding out, they would stop holding out. Just like we sang it before I got up here to preach, Lord. That your goodness is running after. It's running after us. And we need to stop running and trust you. And I pray if there's anyone here today that's still running, they would stop and call on the name of the Lord. Trust in your death, burial, and resurrection and be saved. What a perfect time of year to do it, Thanksgiving week. Lord, we are thankful. And we pray that if there's people here that uh, don't have a place to serve, I'm thankful for all the servants we do have, members of our church that serve diligently, the new people you keep adding to your church. I pray if there's others that want to sign up, you know, be a member, they want to come, they already know you, maybe, they just want to profess their faith and, uh, and be baptized, or maybe they just want to join the church because they're already saved been baptized Lord maybe I don't know how what what the decision is to make today but I pray people would make it and honor you with obedience in their hearts and we ask it in Jesus name Amen This has been Sermon Audio from Piperton Baptist Church in Piperton Tennessee For more information on how you can get connected with PBC please visit www.pipertonbaptist.com